Well, greetings, friends. It's another Wednesday, which means it's time for another Between Two Sundays. And sitting here with me there, there is <laughs> Mark Beresford. How are you, my friend? Very well. How are you? I am very well, thank you. I keep, forgetting, I keep forgetting to say to people, I keep thinking people are watching the video, they can see my name on here. But if you're listening, hi, I'm Mark Gladman. Um, <laughs> that's who I am. Who's that other guy? Uh, the, and I'm Mark Beresford. Mark B and Mark G, exactly. And uh, between two Sundays, of course, where we discuss the readings for the uh from the lectionary how we've lived out of them from the sunday previous how we're living into the ones to come literally on a wednesday between two sundays and this is the last one for the month so wow. we are January getting into our, our third month next week um of the podcast which is kind of cool i'm really enjoying mm. Uh, what it is we're doing and um, hoping that a few other people do as well, which is uh, always, <laughs> always fun. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so Epiphany, the third Sunday after Epiphany was last week and um, we had the, um, the readings from Nehemiah, the Psalms, 1 Corinthians 12 and from Luke 4. What's been shaking your tree uh, as you've lived out a Sunday? Yeah, look, um, I, I'm working in a Baptist context at the moment. Um, so I work in a Baptist church. I'm actually ordained in the Anglican church, but also in the Baptist church. But I'm currently working in a Baptist scenario. And um, one of the fundamental Baptist values is that we um, are always in discussion. We are always, um, we, we are perpetually learning from one another about what it is to be in the kingdom of God, in the community that God has formed. Um, now, that's, that's really ideal. In some, in some ways, that's just crazy idealistic. Um, but what, what uh, you know, I'm asking myself, what does it look like to insist that um, there is no scenario where I have no need of another, mm. um, <clears throat> that I always have need of another? And, and sometimes, you know, you know, you can end up in difficult conversations or um, having opposing points of view. Um, but just reminding myself that I actually, I actually need this other point of view, even yeah. if it's inconvenient and it slows down, you know, my agenda or um, frustrates me because I've got to go over something over and over again. Um, I actually need, need the other. Um, that there is no scenario where I have no need of you. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's humbling and challenging and stretching um, to actually behave in that kind of way. I think it's one of those things that, yeah, we'd all we'd all probably agree with that, but to live it out is a little or a lot challenging. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it is. Um, I'm still feeling the pain from that wet fish 
um, in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 24 and 25, with God has so arranged the body to give greater honor to the inferior member that there be no yes. dissension. Um, the idea that, uh, you know, using that boxes and the heights of people justice thing, but, you know, there are some people that yeah. will need four boxes and that, you know, when we looked at what Jesus was saying in Luke 4, he was really saying these people are going to need four boxes while you over here are going to need none. Um, you know, to put it in the context mm. of, of, um, of what we're talking about, um, I mean, today is Australia Day, for better or worse, here in Australia. Um, it's the day which for the last, gosh, how many years now, you know, at least a century or so, Australians have decided to celebrate their national day. It's become more and more problematic, particularly for our First Nations peoples, our Indigenous peoples, because of what mm. happened for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they are one group of people who, in our country at least, they need four boxes. Um, you know, and I think also are people like who are unemployed and on disabilities, um, you know, you hear a lot with the unemployed, oh, you know, I don't get anything from the government. Why should they get the dole? Because they kind of yeah. need it. Um, yeah. And That's I, right. I, for, I for one, do not mind paying taxes that is going to support people in my community who don't have the same opportunities or um, you know, job availability for whatever reason it happens to be. It really doesn't matter. Um, they need four boxes. And then it, it might be for a moment. It might be yeah. for longer. Yeah. But in, if they need four boxes, then they should have those four boxes. And so that's, I'm still carrying that red, see that red mark there from that slap with the fish? Um, that's, that's what I'm still carrying. <laughs> um, and I hope I continue yeah. to carry that. Yeah. Uh, because for better or worse, I know mm. when we read scripture, we talk about, you know, seeing ourselves in scripture. And I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We often view ourselves as the underdog. I'm not the underdog. Um, I'm probably more <laughs> like the oppressor than the oppressed. Typically Australian. Um, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm the privileged. I'm the white guy. Yeah. I'm the rich guy. I mean, compared to someone like, you know, Rupert Murdoch or Mark Zuckerberg or Twiggy Forrest or someone, I might not be rich, but compared to about 97% yeah. of the rest of the world, I am. Um, so this idea that, you know, I'm always the one who's oppressed and I'm not oppressed. Come on. Um, but mm. those people who are, they deserve four boxes and I need to have a heart that says, yeah, give it to them and let me help give it to them. Um, so that's that's what I've been mm. carrying, and and I guess we're trying to think about ways of effectively living that out, um, and making that a part of who I am in the day to day, not just being aware of it, but actually, what does that look like to live in that heart? It's a little bit different, um, a bit mm. difficult to explain, I think. But anyway, mm. that was a really yeah. challenging passages last week and we continue in this season of epiphany where jesus is continually revealed um and because of that we not only understand who the christ is in the world but who we're meant to be in the world 
which is why it's, it's interesting, you know, epiphany, ooh, revelation. And I know it starts off with the Magi coming to Jesus, realising that he, you know, they're going to pay him homage because they found this child. But the deeper we get into epiphany, the more I realise that epiphanies can be really hard. <laughs> um, and sometimes yeah, we yeah, don't want to absolutely. hear or see what the epiphanies reveal absolutely. to us. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, this, new, information, new information kind of implies that we change, doesn't it? Yeah, we don't like that. <laughs> we want to, we, we want to, you know, we want to encounter something new or um, grow in some way. There's always some pain associated with that, often a letting go of something and an embracing of something new. If there's um, not, I guess you're yeah, wondering whether you're actually growing or not. Quite a, quite a change. Yeah. yeah. So fourth mm. Sunday after Epiphany, yeah. our readings for this Sunday are yeah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 10, Psalm 71, verses 1 to 6, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 13, which is the whole chapter, and Luke 4, mm. verses 21 to 30, which is a continuation from last week's gospel reading. Uh, all of those references are in the show notes for the podcast or in the down below here on YouTube, and you'll um, find them all there. So this is a really interesting set of readings. Um, I really had to sit with these for some time, mm. um, listening to, to the voice of the spirit and what spirit was saying. How, how did they roll out for you, mate? I, I had to sit with these for just a little bit longer as well. Mm. Um, but at least for the first three, I've probably found this more obvious in the first three than the um, than the last one, which I think is a wonderful reading and, a, and well worth our discussion. In the first three, I found myself thinking over the Greek word teleos, um, which gets translated perfection. Mm -hmm. um, so it's used in that passage in the Sermon on the Mount, be perfect as your father is perfect. Yep. Be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Um, but we have, we have implications of perfection as a rival um, in the West and in English. Um, but in, in Greek, this term um, has implications of, um, of being complete. Mm. and being complete at every stage. And so I found myself thinking, you know, in this Jeremiah passage where he's playing himself down at the beginning of this call and um, saying, I'm only a child, I'm only this, and God insisting that um, God is with him and has um, created him and is creating all at the same time. Mm. Um, I don't want you to say I'm only a child. You, you might be a child at this stage. You might be learning this process, but I've got you exactly where I want you to be. Um, and, and so, so I, I've, I've often thought of this as maybe, um, you know, a plant that just springs up is perfectly what it needs to be. But we don't want it to stay there. Mm. Um, we want it to grow further and then if it's you know when it's a year old it's a completely different shape looking completely different but again and, and again you can look at that and say it's perfect 
it's complete. Um, but that doesn't imply that it's got nowhere to grow. You could say the same of a child. Um, I, I didn't, I never went up to my six-year-old, my children when they were six years old and said, and said you know, you're not complete. Um, I would have said they're perfect for who they are. They're perfect for their time. But in saying that, I wouldn't have said, wouldn't have brought any implications that I wanted them to stay there, um, that I didn't want them to grow. Um, so I saw, I saw this, um, you know, even in the psalm, um, upon you have I leaned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. Um, this idea of God alongside us um, at every point, um, growing us, um, moving us on, using us at every point, um, not waiting till we've arrived and have nowhere, nowhere else to grow. Um, so I really liked that. And then the 1 Corinthians reading, I found myself again thinking along these lines. Um, this wonderful description of love as the direction that we're maturing in. Mm. Um, this, is, this is what we're being perfected in. Um, this, this, this love that will last forever. I found myself thinking, um, you know, along those lines, especially for those first three. Um, I do think, um, you know, there's, um, if, we, if we step back into last week's reading of 1 Corinthians 12, um, at the end of that passage, it says, um, or the translation I've got here, um, it, it's an invitation to strive for the greater gifts. Um, but there's another interpretation on that. The, the Greek can absolutely be read as, but you have striven for the greater gifts and it's a, and it's a rebuke. Mm. And then Paul turns around and, and we have this love chapter. Um, but I will show Ooh. you a more excellent way. A, a better way than striving for the big gifts is the way of love and ultimately by the time we get to the end of this love chapter um he is saying it is only love that lasts and that takes us you know in my in my estimation that takes us right back to um our conversation on the trinity a few weeks ago um, at the baptism of jesus yeah where we we were saying you know here we see father son and spirit um, in loving, delighted relationship with one another. Um, this is the only way John could make his audacious claim that God is love, if God is revealed to us in a community. Yep. Um, so it's the in-between stuff. The in-between stuff is love. That's what's in between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And our invitation is to enter into this God's invitation to us is to enter into this community of love, not only loving God, but loving our neighbour as ourselves as well. Mm. Um, that's where love lasts forever. That's where love is the greatest gift because love is the fundamental characteristic of God. Um, 
so fundamental that John can say, it is God, God is love. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. It's interesting. I, I actually started with the gospel and worked backwards um, through the others. Oh, yeah? backwards. I worked through the others from there. Um, this, this gospel reading is really interesting. It's, it's one that we read, and uh, I think the thing that we take away from it is Jesus miraculously escaped and everyone was going to beat his head in. But there's some reason mm. why they get angry. And what's, what's really interesting, what's compelling about this is that it starts off the passage. He's just said to them, um, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring, you know, good news to the poor, recovery of sight to the blind, yada, 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 to the the Lord. And then he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, which was also the last verse um, from last week. So this is also a continuation, just like the yeah. last, you know, the, yeah. going back two weeks for 1 Corinthians 12, the first part, the second part of it, and then now 13. Um, and it says in verse 22, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. I'm not saying, oh, isn't this Joseph's son, right? Um, so straight up, he said this. He said today the scriptures in the film you're hearing, they're not mad yet. They've got no problem that he said this. In fact, they are speaking well of him. They're amazed at his gracious words. And then he goes on. <laughs> and he talks about the prophets. And he talks about how they were treated. But then interestingly, the thing that really gets them filled with rage is that he says, um, after he says that, you know, a prophet's not accepted in their hometown, he's basically setting the scene for really what he's just said was, okay, you've spoken well of me. You're going to hate me now. Here's why. And this is what he says. He says, the truth is there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah when the heaven was shut up in three years and six months and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except the widow at Zarephath in Sidon. And mm. then there were many lepers in Israel at the time of prophet Elisha, but none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Then they were filled with rage because basically what he said is this message isn't just to stay in here anymore. Mm. That the message went to Zarephath, it went to Sidon. The message went to Syria. And I'm here to continue to do that. That this uh, declaration of freedom and liberation and equality and equity and love is for everyone. And they got mad. I read a really yeah. interesting quote the other day. It's just popped into my head as I've said that, but how timely is this? It's um, Bishop Gene Robinson, the Episcopal Bishop in the United States. Yep. This is the quote. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? That you can preach a judgmental and vengeful and angry God and nobody seems to care. 
But you start <laughs> preaching a God that's too accepting, too loving, too forgiving, too merciful, too kind, and suddenly you're in trouble. And essentially, this is kind of what's happening right here in yes, this story. Yeah. Jesus is yeah. saying liberation, freedom, a recovery of sight, um, the gospel, good news to the poor. And Israel goes, yeah. And then Jesus says, but this is for everybody. And they <laughs> go, we're going to throw you off a cliff, buddy. I mean, what yeah. a yeah. turn on a dime simply because Jesus says this message is for everybody, which yeah. jump back to Genesis 12 was the original mission. Abraham, you're going to be blessed so that you mm. can be a blessing and all the nations of the earth will know me and be blessed through you. Yeah. That's, that's the goal, man. Um, Jesus says yeah. that and everyone spits the dummy. So in hearing what you were saying before this sits really really well that the message is a message of love and it's not just for a small portion of humanity it's for all yeah. of humanity that um i saw something a little bit different in the jeremiah reading um in verse mm. nine uh, the lord says to jeremiah now i have put my words in your mouth Today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. There are yes. power, or there is power in these words that Jeremiah has, has been given by God. And um, when you think about it in the context of what we've just said about this uh, message of Jesus and everyone gets so irate and angry because Jesus has said this word of love is going to come to others. It, it demonstrates the power we have through our words. I mean, these people wanted to pull down the nations outside of them. They wanted to destroy them and overthrow them. Um, and Jesus was saying, no, 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 no. The, the, the goal is to, build and to plant um mm -hmm. and there's a there's a mm. responsibility that we have to do that um and it's interesting it makes me reflect on why do we and look this this was something that i must admit i've come a long way as as you have since we were 17 year old evangelical punks um <laughs> and since we were 22 year old evangelical punks and sure on and so it goes particularly in the last, you know, 10 to 10 to 12 years, I'd say we've mellowed somewhere. Mm. Some of our old friends would probably call us heretics uh, in many ways. Yep. But I think back to if I had heard this kind of message when I was back then, I would have got angry too. Yeah. I would have been mad yeah. too. The idea that God is love and that God is a, that love is available to all and that God is available to all no matter what would make me really angry. Um, mm. And I'm really, I mean, I'm beyond that now. I'm well past that now. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that God is available to all, no matter who you are and where you are at any point in time. But I do yeah. reflect on those yeah. words of Gene Robinson. I do reflect on that gospel passage. And I think, what made me so angry? 
what makes others so angry that we can say, on one hand, you can say God wants to, is saying, you know, you must believe in Jesus and if you don't, you're going to burn in hell. Compared to God wants all people to be with God at the end of the day um, yeah. and doesn't want anyone to burn in hell. And people get mad at that. How? How can we equate a God of love as, you know, Paul is speaking about here and how we're to love? How can you equate that with a God who's destructive and vengeful and will make someone burn in hell for all of eternity if they haven't yeah. come and understood things from a particular culture at a particular time? I mean, that's just bizarre. And so this Jeremiah yeah. passage speaks to me really powerfully of the importance of making sure that our words are synonymous and in parallel and congruent with the message of Jesus, which is, yes, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for the good news and recovery of sight to the blind and year of Jubilee and freedom and liberation for captives, but it's for everybody. It's for everybody. Mm. And mm. anything else is going to be um, pulling down and destroying and overflowing, overthrowing, not building and planting. As I think Rob Bell once said, if it's not good news to everybody, then it ain't good news. And there's something really important yeah. to reflect on yeah. in that, which also shines through in the psalm, that uh, here you have the psalmist seeing hope in the midst of darkness. Um, there's despair and there's, you know, this sense of um, yes. needing rescue. But there's hope in that. And so, you know, power of words. Are you going to speak words that are going to destroy and mm. overthrow someone who's in a situation like that? Or are you going to speak words that are going to build uh, and plant somebody who's in a situation like that? Um, yeah, yeah. And th the crux of it, you know, as, as important as we, you know, we say the gospel is to our readings on a Sunday, the hinge passage, I think, in all of this is 1 Corinthians 13. Um, it's the passage that draws all these things together, yeah. that we speak yeah. words, that we have hope, that the message is for all because love at the end of the day. And as yeah. you know, uh, this is why one John is among my top five books, because how many times does he say in there, God is love? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, very, very, very edgy, edgy claim, really. Um, the, the kind of claim that really um, destroys the idea of all the walls we build between one another. Um, if, if God is love, God is pulling down walls um, mm. that we seem so habitually to be building them up, protecting our own territory which is anything but, you know, the vulnerability and, um, and sacrifice for others that Jesus demonstrated and called love. Yes. Um, we, we just seem so habitually to move in a different direction. It's a filter, isn't it? Which is, which is one of the arguments that this, you know, this message of the gospel could not actually originate with us 
that it, it's too <laughs> radical. It, it's too edgy. It's too, uh, it's too unlike the way we behave yeah. to, to actually originate in us. Um, it, it, is, it is a God who is very, very different to us, who has revealed this as the good news. Um, well, that, that's a really because interesting Because these point. guys... I was going to say, yeah. remember we were saying before, you know, I was asking the question, why do we get upset and angry and filled with rage? It's because we want God to work like we do. Yes. yes. But when God doesn't, we get mad. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly right. And that is exactly what, that is exactly what's happening here in Luke 4. Um, yeah. These people are saying, we want a God who comes and takes out Rome, takes out all our oppressors and sets us free. Um, we're really happy when you talk about, you know, the God who sets the oppressed free, the God who makes the blind see. We're really, really happy with this message. But if you're, if you're not doing that by destroying others, um, that doesn't suit our agenda. We want to. We actually want to see those who are unlike us destroyed. Um, these walls, these walls are so high for them mm. that they they can't comprehend a God whose love is this big. And so, you know, and so their their solution is to take this one out. Um, kind of an early attempt at crucifixion of Jesus, really. So essentially, the epiphany of this week is how big God is. A God. I so think that's big. the ongoing epiphany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. I think that's the one that keeps going, week after week after week. A God. And so we big. should be. We should be constantly amazed by that because, um, you, you know, we think we've got our head around the bigness of God's grace, the bigness of God's love. It's all we're always going to fall short, and, and this every, is where this is where I think this is where I think love is eternal. Um, in that God's love is so big, we will always be discovering, you know, even when we get to heaven or heaven comes to earth or however you think about it. Um, we have all eternity to be exploring and discovering the endless love of God. Yeah. And we will never get there. Um, eternity won't be long enough. I don't know if you can call eternity long or not, but <laughs> it sounds like a limited kind of word to me. But, um, uh, you know, I think, this is, I think this is where love is our destiny. Um, it is our destiny to be exploring, amazed by, constantly discovering the bigness of the love of God. Yeah. And that, to me, doesn't sound like a boring eternity. That sounds like the most exciting of all possibilities. And in terms of this epiphany, it, it comes through every single passage. I mean, we see it in the fact that the message is for those beyond Israel. That's how big God is. We see it in yeah, how yeah. dark your darkness is. There is still hope. We see it in the fact that there's power in the word that God wants to speak through us, that, you know, God's so big that God wants those words to build 
and, and make a difference. And if it's going to tear anything down, it's going to tear down those walls that we were talking mm. about before. Mm. And so right. big that it, it's love. And, and this passage becomes a filter for everything we say and do. If it doesn't fit through this love yeah. filter, then you've got yeah. to ask the question, is it really of God? And is it effective? It's like a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Um, mm. Or if it, yeah. if, it, if it doesn't happen, I can have all the faith I want, but I am nothing <laughs> in verse 2. Um, yeah. I'm a noisy yeah. gong. I am nothing. I this gain nothing. The ingredient, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's got to be inherent in all things. If it's not, it's hopeless is really what, hopeless and pointless um which which makes you think again about things like the way we give the way we serve um if it's begrudgingly if it's you know this is why when paul says god loves a cheerful giver um it's not about just whacking a smile on it's about because it comes from a heart of love that you can't but give out of that and that's yeah that's the oh, this is the spirit of the bigness, the bigness of the spirit making us bigger inside. Love expands us. Um yeah. and we're yeah, and we're uh increasingly growing. Like as you were saying before, there's mm. that teleos again. Yeah. Um yeah. That we we're talking about at the start mm. yeah i mean it's interesting you know when we started we were saying how we really had to sit with them for a while before something come out but i sit with them for some time reflect on them you know i i actually spent time in proper lectio with these readings mm-hmm. um, others i've you know i have done but these ones particularly but I know we've said this before, but I just want to come back to it again as we sort of wrap up today is that, you know, if you don't have somebody, if you're listening to this and you don't have someone you can talk scripture with, like Mark and I are in the podcast, the podcast, you really need to find someone um, because every single week, I mean, here we are two guys, we've been in ministry easily 30 years each. So, you know, 60 odd years between us, we have, degrees um coming out of the the pie hole we've got um you know experience having discerned and cut scripture and preached it for decades um you know six decades or or just about between us and yet we can sit down with some passages of scripture like this and in a conversation discover stuff that we haven't discovered before that has just blown our minds and is making us walk away from this going, mm. whoa, um, you really need yeah. folks to find people that you can talk with openly like this and say things that you don't, they're not going to care what you're going to say. Um, and in fact, they mm. might even take what you say and run with it and then tell you you're bonkers later um, or be challenged by it themselves. <laughs> um but this is yeah. this is what yeah. happens when you talk scripture like this that you come to something and you go i'm really not sure where to go with this and then we sit down and 30 minutes later we're going wow um yeah yeah fourth sunday this is uh, where this is where 
this is where constantly um, the reality is we always do our best interpretation in community. Yeah. Um, where we have to listen to others, where we bring our perspectives, hopefully um, value our own perspectives, but also learn to value the perspectives of others. Um, and the bigger, the bigger that community is, the better for us. The yes. broader that community is, the better Absolutely. for us. Absolutely. So, um, you know, this is a relatively small community we are doing this in at the moment. Um, but, but the idea is that we're doing this all the time with everyone we meet, um, that we're always chewing over the implications of scripture in the light mm. of the image of God that we are seeing in, in people all around us all the time. Um, and in the conversations we're having, um, you know, sometimes I, I, I often, I try to put myself in scenarios where um, I'm learning from people who are reading a passage for the first time. Um, I, I just don't have that privilege anymore. I, I've, I've read so much scripture so often that there's not many that I feel like I'm coming to without having previously visited. But there's a freshness to discovery for the first time that, um, that is actually informing. Um, uh, there's a, there, there are questions asked from completely different angle when, someone, when something is brand new. Um, so I just don't quite, I, I don't find myself automatically thinking I've got to find someone with, you know, more experience than I have if I'm to learn. Um, I, I just think that's completely, completely untrue. Um, I, sit, I sit down often with, with people who um, have not spent much time in scripture at all. And honestly, I go away, um, I go away more amazed at scripture than, um, than I was beforehand. Um, just seeing the way it speaks to people at different points in their lives and being able to, learning to celebrate that. This is why St. Benedict said that the younger read also the newer in the community yeah. should be given equal voice. Yes, they yes, will that's see exactly things right. and hear things different. They will yeah. ask questions that are different. Um, yeah. That can we can learn and embrace. And if you're without community, if you're listening or watching and you're without community, um, at our Instagram profile, which is at Between Two Sundays Number Two, um, we invite you to make comment um, under the daily reflections that go up there that look at various aspects of the things that we've discussed in this episode. Um, and contemplate them a little bit deeper just in a short daily reflection please comment on those and also um, in the direct messages uh, follow us there jump into the direct messages and we really do want to engage in conversation with you so if you don't have anyone that you can talk with like that do that jump into the direct messages leave your thoughts in in written we'll respond um, and we can have that conversation there um, please make sure that you do that and don't forget to that each week we have the long form articles that Mark has written over at um, the blog, which is uh, barefootfollower.life. And um, you sure. can find those there, which we hope will help deepen both the, the short reflections at Instagram and the long form articles there will help deepen 
your reflecting on these passages yeah. as we approach each Sunday and give you legs of your own um, on how you're going to live them out beyond Sunday when it comes. And again, uh, we would welcome your thoughts in um, particularly on the posts on Monday and Tuesday, where I look at, you know, different ways that we're living them out. Drop your own thoughts there. Tell us what you're doing with these readings. And, um, and, and again, in the direct messages, share with us there how you saw things and saw things a little differently. Really would love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, there it is for another week, my friend. Mm. Thank you so much, well done. Mr. Beresford, for your time. Um, thank you, Mr. Gladman. That's all right. And uh, folks, thank <laughs> you so much for joining us between two Sundays. We'll see you next Wednesday mm. um, for another episode. But until then... May grace, peace, and love go with you um, every step of the way. Cheers for now. Good on you, Mac. See ya. Bye.